with their first pick from the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. What is up, McDavid Cup? We made it. The inaugural, episode uno, number one, Burning the Chili podcast for the McDavid Cup Hockey League. My partners for these shows will be the commissioner, Watts A, also known as Montana Watson, Pipeline Nick, Nick Bettman, or just Nick, the owner of the Paul Blarts. We also got Denim Dan joining us. Dan likes ripping lips, pulling line, drinking diesel fuel, and murdering all sorts of animals. He currently owns the Freight Waynes, who have risen back to a respectable nature since changing hands, and Dan looks to keep up the redemption tour this year, as he's still suffering a bit from the travesty that was Scotty as a GM in this league. To all you McDavid Cup GMs, we'll be your voice. Thank you to the thousands of listeners we probably already have. We'll do our best not to bore you, but if we do, just turn us off. If you're thinking of calling in, <coughs> Ty, <coughs> we don't want you. We don't want Leafs talk. We don't want icy cold takes. We got enough to talk about. We're here to talk poorly about all you fellow GMs and really just roast you guys over the coals for your bad decisions in this draft. We recently made it through a grueling lockout due to our commissioner forgetting to renew the league, and in my opinion it's complete bullshit because he did nothing about it. The league was reeling and in a time of turmoil, and now there's lots of open-ended questions that haven't been answered. I mean, is there a summer trade period? Who's the 16th GM? GMs are leaving, GMs are entering. Is there an expansion draft? Who won the draft lottery? These are all currently unknown. We'll get to all that and more and probably sound like complete jokes while we're at it, but hey, you asked for it, we're delivering it. We're going to jump right in, grab some of Nick's thoughts, as well as some old man winter hypothermic takes. We also plan on getting Denim Dan's crust. But without further ado, this is episode one, the inaugural Burning the Chili podcast. But uh, yeah, Dan, Nick, first order of business, keepers. What's up, Nick? Uh, so I set the keeper deadline, I believe, for September 21st. Six keepers. I don't like it. I think it should be seven. But I'm a man seven. of the people. I'm a man of the people. I give them what they want. So, Dan, how many do you think you it should be? In my personal opinion, other fantasy leagues hate our guts because we have way too many keepers. Imagine being a new general manager coming into this league and knowing that the draft is fucking dog shit. <laughs> man, people chirp our fantasy league because they want in it, but. <laughs> They're just jealous. I think I think more keepers. Drafts all right. I want That's five. I'd like five keepers, but I'm an asshole, so my opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. Lots of crying and complaining, but whatever. Man, you would be keeping like a fourth round draft pick if you had to have seven keepers, Nick. <laughs> well, this year, yes, but before, <laughs> if we didn't change the rule, my team would have been set up. So. So then what's on what's going on with the summer trade period? Um it's funny I actually watched Dustin Nielsen on Twitch playing FIFA and I uh, asked him about summer trade period and he said that the commissioner the only reason they wouldn't do it is cuz the commissioner is lazy but I just don't think it's fair so it's never going to happen until it helps yeah. you. <laughs> Dan, what do you think? Well, I think that a summer trade period is too easy to manipulate, personally. I like to throw a lot of fire at it, saying that I want it, but yeah, I think that it's just... simple to have it. 
it just wouldn't work, man. It would set this league on fire. Well, do you remember the first year where, like, right before the draft, guys were just fire sailing their first rounders for non-keepers that were too good to go into the draft? Yeah, I didn't like that. And then the draft like, it was, like, the day season. before the draft, Dan, and guys were just off-sailing, like, they were just exploding the fucking draft with first-round picks. That, those were happening, like, right after I entered the league and made the that was probably what it was, man. Buster in the league. <laughs> yeah, and then your guys was allowed to go through – because you were a charity case, because you had Scott's goddamn team. Yeah, we did let you have a friggin' summer <laughs> trade. Because I, I remember I traded, like, a first for Nathan McKinnon because Blake wasn't going to keep him. And then you were like, fuck that, no trade. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, I was pretty hot when I saw that one. The one thing oh. I would like to see implemented is the the goalie limit. but The one goalie. Society out here, so... Yeah, that's, a, that's a not going to happen. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Two goalies, man. You need two goalies. Like, if you have two goalies, you deserve to have two goalies. That's the way it is. Yeah, but it, you don't understand. If one. everyone doesn't have one goalie, there'd still be goalies available for picking. Yeah, but you're not going to turf a good goalie. And then... Unless you have to. to keep such a way better player. Like, that's one of your best players on the team. That's the point of not being able to keep him. Yeah, well, we don't tell people they can't keep fucking, I don't know, Austin Matthews, <laughs> so. Well, why would, why would you keep that guy anyways? Let's <laughs> be honest here. Yeah, so I don't think you should. Yeah, that's not happening. Well, this expansion draft then, is that going to be between Tyler and the new GM? Yeah, so uh, we'll probably do that um, probably a week before the keepers, I was thinking, so that uh, we'd have a six-round draft, um, just the teams that are on uh, the the previous GM's teams, I guess. So, uh, yeah, we'll do that. And, and, only, and literally the only reason we're doing that is because Laz's team is stacked and then Pat's team is shit. Like, Laz almost <laughs> made playoffs without setting his lineups. <laughs> So then they just choose their six keepers off both rosters. Well, it wouldn't be fair to give Sini like Laz's team, and then whoever comes in just gets this pure dust team. So we'll make it a little fair. And then the rest of the players just go back in the draft. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. Do they have names yet, or does Sini have a name yet? I guess we don't even have another GM yet. Yeah, Sini's a big time beauty. He uh, finally got rid of that. Freaking awful team, innocent name and green goalie helmet. So, what does he have now? Oh, uh, he he spiced it up with a beauty picture of Mike Greer wearing a white oiler silks. His team photo. Oh. And then he <laughs> but it, dirty, dirty Mike and the boys. Dirty Mike and the boys. I get it. All right. Just playing Dallas in the yeah. What's that? Freaking, I said he's bringing the soup kitchen right to the McDavid Cup. <laughs> yeah, wearing some gross white Nike jets. Oh <laughs> uh, well, we might as well just get to it then and rock this GM draft that fell apart on us. Yeah, um, we were gonna do a pretty funny two-stage selection process where um, whoever got picked first four times would get a congratulatory phone call. And uh, if they didn't pick up, we'd just move on to the next person. But um, It was really, really going to add some salt to the fire there. 
Oh, uh, it would have been so funny. Like, could you imagine, like, Canole wins and then doesn't pick up his phone call because he's, like, harvesting cows. Like, Rupert doesn't pick up because he's, like, about to win in Fortnite. Yeah. Oh, man. So we got Jared Ziegler, uh, Kirk, uh, Matt Apt. Matt Canole and uh, Ganim. So um, we're gonna do some random, uh, random generator here, and then whoever gets picked first four times, we'll call or we'll just give them the spot. So the first person's Jared with one. All right. Second, we got Jared again. Oh dear. Two. Oh man, this has a controversy written all over. <laughs> It's like the Oilers from like 2014. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, third is Kirk. Jared again. Holy fuck. Oh, it could be a quick one. Oh, we got Apt on the board. The better Apt, we should say. Jared again. Jared is in. So, uh,. I'll give him a text. <laughs> so they don't even get like wow, they didn't even get Ganim on the board, eh? Or Canole. No. Hey, and this this We're is totally crazy. honest. Like I don't I would not started. That's pretty crazy. So I guess Jared will be joining. He's a he's a wild guy, I tell you. Uh, Pat is gonna be upset. Yeah. Gonna be some controversy. Hey man, whatever. Ty Pat's always upset. Okay, <laughs> we'll go with that then. You text Jared, see how excited he is. But I've been waiting to talk about this all day since I turned my phone on this morning. I was going to call it the old man winter's hypothermic takes, but I'm just calling it icy takes because we got to get to it. Like, I was going to start off with the NHL.com writer talking about how Phil Kessel needs a bounce-back season after he had 92 points last year. But it has come to my attention that Trevor (laughs) Fallon thinks that fucking Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite is a better movie character than Shane fucking Falco. (laughs) Like John Wick himself. (laughs) Like, that was the worst thing I've ever read in my life. I might change it to, like... Max Windsor and Trevor Valen takes. Because, like, calling fucking Uncle Rico a better movie character than Shane Falco, and then saying that 51st Dates was a better performance by Sean Astin than in Rudy. Like, what the fuck is going on in McDavid Cup? I cannot believe that. I could feel Dan trying to jump through the phone at me, just reaming out Max. I'm a little bit disappointed that this is the person that is a two-time champion. <laughs> like, I mean, he's done a – well, actually, he hasn't even done much for our – besides get us a trophy. But, like, to have the balls to say that at first it was a good movie and second that it was better than Rudy. Oh, Rudy really – to go Zero. back though, Bones comes in the chat and says, "Do your duty," and like, <laughs> like, like we owe it to 
Uncle Rico to vote for him over Shane Falco. Like <laughs> thirty in the morning. <laughs> like he woke up thinking that. I saw that like twenty minutes before he came in, and it was just a friggin' instant tap on Shane Falco. Didn't even think twice. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was terrible. And then he just bailed out of the chat after that, which rightfully so. Uh, but I mean, I did, <laughs> he has not deleted his Twitter account. Nah, that that Apollo Creed Memorial tournament is going off the rails. Like, yeah, there's been some bad ones. Like that Coop one was bad. <laughs> I don't even but... know how some of these guys get in. They have the friggin' dolphin from Ace Ventura in it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny Weaver Jr. took a first-round loss against Tyler Durden, who isn't even a real person in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's got some technicalities there. But the one I was going to use for that before that abortion of a duty that Trevor gave us was, did you see this article by that guy, Wes Crosby? (laughs) Yes. So, like, the one where he calls Phil Kessel needing a bounce-back season. So I literally read it, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the guy had 30 goals again. Went back, he had 92 fucking points. Outscored any other season he's ever had by 10 points and was eighth in the league in scoring. And I was like, what is going on? Well, and then also he talked about his playoff production, which I'm pretty sure he had like, I don't know, he was basically a point eight point per game in playoff. He acted like that was an absolute nightmare of a production season for him. Even though he was just comparing it because last year during the cup run, he had a really good point production. It was just like, man, <laughs> I wish I had a job at NHL.com the way these fuckers, right? Like, yeah, like the only, yeah, the only like bad thing about last year is that he didn't win his third cup in a row. Just a joke. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the guy had nine points in 12 playoff games. He's played yeah. every single game for eight fucking years. Like, he's a freak. Man, Phil Kessel <clears throat> beats cancer and people hate him. And friggin' Phil Ke- or Patrick Kane beats women and people just, like, fucking love him. That guy was no good. Yeah. I didn't mean that about Patty Kane either. I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Patty Kane. But yeah, that was easily the best thing that could have happened to me trying to get an icy take segment was Trevor just talking in the group chat. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Dan, Dan, I want to get you fired up right now for the weekly Denim Dan's moment of crust. Oh, uh, you took it over from Scott, but since you've been in the chat, I've realized you're quite opinionated and hate just about anything. <laughs> and uh, I'm hoping to get you fired up. Let me just hear your thoughts on the Oilers fans and hope. Oh, I'll start with the fans. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy, where to start? Um, Oilers fans are kind of like a roller coaster, except everyone's just falling off of it all the time because it's a miserable shit show that the team puts us through. And don't get me wrong. I want to see the boys win the cup, but I also feel like we don't owe these guys fucking anything. <laughs> we have been through the worst adult years of anybody's lives together. I literally got driven to cheer for the flames for a night 
I bought tickets, went to the game. It was great. <laughs> but uh, as far as the hope thing goes, what Peter Shirelli's essentially done here is he's taken $10 million of money and he can't afford to go to Vegas, so he goes to the River Creek Casino. He rolls that shit on black. And he trades a Hart Trophy winner for fucking Adam Larson. And then comes out two off-seasons later and says that we need a right-shot offensive defenseman. Like, that guy needs to run headfirst into a fucking Zamboni gate. And that, that is about as much as I have to say about that for now. <laughs> the whole method is not working. It probably will never work. And we're literally going into a season where people are projecting this team to be on the cusp of playoffs. And we don't even have like, a right winger on the top three lines. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> so, do you think, so do you think Andre Sekra is toast? I do, which is unfortunate because they really needed him. But I hope that they can get uh, something done with that cap space at least. Like they should be able to, but it's making me a little nervous now. Still, they have they're gonna have that cap space, and Nurse still hasn't got anything done. But I guess we'll just have to hope. <laughs> the denim dance moan of crust. Wow, that's perfect ending to that. So the other thing I did was I was gonna do uh, four team evaluations leading up to the draft here. First one I have down here is Tats, or for those that don't know, Rachel Talbotley or Colby or Dolby. But all I had down was that he's just an overall pest in the league. Doesn't actually have any tats. Nobody knows where he's going to be living since Domer punted him out of the house. And made probably the most disturbing draft pick last year of Yaroslav Halak that I still haven't gotten over. But just your general thoughts on tats as a team. Well, I can't really blame him about the Halak pick. I think I picked Vadim Shipashov with my like third pick, and he only played two games <laughs> in NHL. I forgot about Shipachov. But I did end up trading that guy two tats for Alexander Steen, who was a serviceable player for the rest of the season for me, at least. Oh, boy, tats. Um, man, I don't know. I don't like Austin Matthews in the Leafs, but I friggin' threw everything at him, and he kept rejecting, like, I was trading, like, Pavelski, Marner, Burns just for Austin Matthews because I hated my team so much. But uh, I hate Austin Matthews, therefore I hate his team. That's all I have to say about it. Next one real good because he's been a key figure in the podcast today. Bones, the chili holder supreme, mm-hmm. formerly known as Boner Jams, proceeds yeah. to win a title and then changes his team name. I mean, I know people don't like my choice of team name lately, but you can't change the team after you win a title. And he changed it to the worst, like, name ever. I like Headman, like, what? You like him? You don't love him? Or, like, what do you like? Nobody ever accused the guy of being super smart. Well, I think he's, like, sending sexual innuendos, but. Yeah, I get that, but come on, man. Not time and place. Good. I'm glad everybody else is upset about it because I traded him, Hedman, so I was wondering if I was just bitter. Oh, man. His team his team is awful, though. Hedman's good. We're seeing worst drafts in the history of the McDavid Cup with that guy. 
I meant what I said earlier when I said he'll be his first rounder is going to be on the table like week two. <laughs> yeah, it's an awful team. Like Jeff Carter. Speaking of, speaking of awful teams, though, I the last the third one I had was SPAC to Chuck E. Cheese. Flames fan, so not much else to say, but he really hasn't been a threat in his three years in the league. No. Uh, don't really see him becoming one. Yeah, no, he hasn't okay. been to make a deal with. He overvalues his players more than Nick. No, man, he, tra- <laughs> man, he traded friggin' uh, Brad Marchand for um, Chad the Rock right in front of my face. Pardon me? What's that? Is that real? Yeah, that happened. How did this? Oh, man, I don't remember that one. And who else did he trade? He traded Malkin for, like, Seth Jones. Hmm. Seth Jones is stud now. Who else did he trade? Man, I rip him every day. Like, I remind him every day about what he did. <laughs> so that's probably why he changed with me, because everybody else has already ski-masked him. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Nick, for the reminder, but we got more Rick David Cup news coming up. No league awards this year. What is going on with that? Uh, I just thought it'd be too much of a circle jerk for a few guys. That, I don't know. I feel like they just go to the same guys that are always active. And What if some of those guys need a circle jerk? I know. They do need a circle jerk. <laughs> They try to circle jerk each other every day. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it was super fun. I, it will be back. It will be back. But maybe not a yearly thing. I think we just got to find different categories. But it would be the same guys that would get voted in, right? Or then you're just making awards that are geared towards specific people and just giving them a trophy. Like, we got to keep it. We got to keep it real. <laughs> I think that we can go with, like, the non-voting ones consistently. Yeah, like, uh, I like that. Like, Dart Ross and President's Bro. <clears throat> well, and I mean, that's a society we live in now is giving a trophy for everything. So we, <laughs> we could do that. Just, like, be PC, you know? Yeah, I'll have to – maybe I'll make those up and I'll Photoshop something before the beginning of the year. But the Ty, Ty Patrick purple participation plaque. <laughs> Worst grass in cooking. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Man, when we started this, me and Nick were going to go without even mentioning Ty Patrick. We weren't even going to say he was a member. We were going to do 15 GMs. We were just going to sh- black him <laughs> out of the history books. <laughs> yeah, just don't even acknowledge his existence. <clears throat> but... I mean, now that he finally came back to Fortnite after almost a month or two off after Rage quitting, I guess we can welcome him in slowly. <laughs> he literally Rage quit one day, Nick. Just, like, got killed through his controller and said, I'm out, and never came back. He played NHL on his own for, like, two months. Yeah, that guy's, uh, that guy's an IOP for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you guys think is going to be the top team this year? Because it's – oh. Sucks because Max's team isn't even that good. He's just got McDavid. Yeah, Max. Max just flukes his way into some championships, but I don't know. It's it's hard playoffs. Anyone can win. I think my and team. And I wish the, I wish the Oilers could fluke their way into some championships. <laughs> I think Connor's got a pretty stacked team. 
<clears throat> yeah, Connor's blown it a few times now. Blake's blown it a few times. Yeah, like Blake lost Blake one match really last bad. year and he didn't win. <laughs> like, that's my favorite part about McDavid Cup is like you can, and that's what Laz always got pissed off about was you can light it up in the regular season. First round, you have less guys playing, or some guy doesn't score a goal, and you just get fucked. Yeah, exactly. That that can be frustrating. It's nice going in as a low seed and just uh, stacking some wins. That's for sure. So, uh, next order of McDavid Cup business next year is the final going to be one week or two? I don't even. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you that are listening. You wouldn't be able to tell this because of the editing, but we've had a lot of technical difficulties. And Danny Tatro just suggested that we pre-record each of our own statements and send them in and somehow clip them together as banter. So he might be in icy cold takes next week. I literally just hit myself in the nuts with a sledgehammer. (laughs) Who would you be talking to? This is comedy gold. This is what we need. Oh, man. Oh, shit. But yeah, anyways, what I was saying was, it's a complete joke last year. I was the champion. Should have been the champion. <laughs> and yeah, gave you up did something else week. before, too. What's that? You announced something else before, too. Was it Patcher Ready to the Sharks or something? No. I announced that I was champion for about three weeks in a row. I, I know that, but there was something else you did. Literally the worst part about that was <laughs> having to go to the Edmonton-Vegas game and watch McDavid put up four points. <laughs> yeah. Cementing. Like, I first game I've gone to in Rogers' place, pumped to see McDavid, and then he just lights my ass on fire and ends my – life basically that was hilarious yeah you were in the chat like calling us names and like just <laughs> gloating and calling us freaking low-level gms and <laughs> then you pulled the biggest low-level move ever hey nobody else said oh it's two weeks long i still remember the tuesday after <laughs> and like we were still getting stats and stuff and max texted me and was like what is going on and I'm like, you're murdering me is what's going on. Is this not over yet? And he's like, I think it's two weeks. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> I was a little confused, too, to be honest. But I, I love the way it worked out. There was actually well, a lot of clarification from the start, I think. <laughs> like, I mean, we're basically half champions here. No, you lost. You lost big. And he put up like a hundred and like forty points in a week or something like that. McDavid, dude. Yeah, McDavid. Fuck. Yeah, that's basically it for the Burning the Chili Podcast episode Uno. Thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Next time we'll have the draft lottery. We'll look at the keeper situation, which will probably just be hilarious. Uh we'll probably look at preseason rankings and a couple other things but yeah britannia tomorrow make sure max is sweeping lots of dirt off the ground we'll talk to you later you low lowlifes <laughs>